You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, there are a lot of scriptures on us meditating on things that are right and good and holy. And let me put it as simply as I know how. And it's not new to most of us, but somebody needs to hear this in a fresh way. As a Christian, I'm to feed my mind things that are pure and holy, and I'm to say no to the appetite of the flesh. Many believers live in the world and resemble the ways of the world so that most people have no idea they're a Christian. They blend in so much with culture, Christ isn't seen at all. Today, Pastor Danny will encourage you to so fill your mind with things that are good and pure that you have no more desire for the things of the flesh. In this way, you'll stand out in stark contrast to the world. As a child of God, you should be different. You shouldn't be like the world, but instead resemble Christ. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 14 as he begins his message, A New Way of Life. Deuteronomy chapter 14 is where we are. Chapter 14, verse 1, you are the children of the Lord, your God. That's an amazing statement right there. Do not cut yourselves or shave the front of your heads for the dead, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. Isn't that incredible? Uh, We are children of God. We are his treasured possession. And the Bible clearly says that as a child of God, there should be a divine difference in our lives as compared to that of those who are not children of God. There needs to be and there should be a difference. We're to be separate from the world, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, this does not mean that I join a monastery or live in a Christian commune. 1 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10 makes that uh, abundantly clear. Uh, we live in the world. Simply means uh, that I am to act and react in life differently and distinctively from unbelievers or those who have not been born again and, not, and are not children of God. There needs to be a d- divine difference that marks me as a Christian. Now, before we go on with our text, uh, I want you to go with me just briefly to Matthew chapter five. And when Jesus comes on the scene, he begins to make this uh, really clear. 
And what surprised a lot of people is um, some of the people who were unbelievers were religious people. They were religious leaders. And uh, he kind of blows everybody away with some of the things that he says because, because it goes against the example they had before them and some of the teaching they had received. And uh, it, it got everybody's attention. That's understatement. Chapter 5 of Matthew, uh, verse 33. Uh, You've heard that it was said to people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, don't swear at all. Don't swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is God's footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And don't swear by your head, for you can't make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no, no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. So what would be different? Just let your yes be yes, and your no, no, and be a person of your word. Don't say, oh, I swear, I swear. No, just Yes. Verse 38, you've heard that it was said eye for eye and tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. That'll blow their minds. You go with him one mile, you say, you want to go another one? Give to the one who asks you and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. And he goes through this whole section, the next uh, section, verse 43 and following. He says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies. Does the same thing in chapter 6. And then he begins to really step on some religious toes. Because in chapter 6, in the opening, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. Verse 2, so when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do. That got some attention because the Pharisees would, would have trumpets blown in the streets, get everybody's attention, and then they would, with everybody watching, they would do something to give. And they did it because they wanted praise from men, and that was their reward. Verse 6, chapter 6, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues, on the street corners, to be seen by uh, men. They've received their reward in full. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to our Father who is unseen. Now, that, that doesn't mean we don't pray publicly. doesn't mean that. But these guys were praying just to get somebody to look at them and hear their impressive words. At least they were impressive to themselves. And so Jesus blew everybody away. Uh, back to the text in Deuteronomy, but as you're turning, just listen from Luke chapter 22. Jesus said, the kings of the Gentiles, now these are totally unbelievers, lord it over them. Those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors, but you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. Peter sums this whole point up like this. Here's what he says. Uh, Live such good lives among the pagans, unbelievers, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So we're to be different. And it should be obvious. Now our opening verse back in Deuteronomy 14, let me note it again. Do not cut yourselves or shave the front of your heads for the dead. For you are a people holy to the Lord. Now you might be going, well, I, I don't, I've never done that. Good, good, commend you. But in this culture, in this day, they did. Why did they do things like that? It was a response 
to somebody dying. Sometimes it was connected with their pagan worship and it meant something. It was supposed to do something on behalf of the dead. And it was totally pagan. So just insert into whatever culture you're in, we should respond differently to death than unbelievers. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 13, don't grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. I attended a memorial service today. I thought it was really, really good. I I didn't officiate, I was just there. Had to leave just at the very end. I mean, God was glorified. And such an encouragement because we know where Brad is. I mean, there's no doubt. It's not, it's not boy, I hope I, I hope I see Brad again. No, no, no. I'm going to see Brad again. I know where they are. We know where they are. Just as sure as I'm sitting on this stool and you're sitting in that seat and we're here together, we know where they are. They're with the Lord. I officiated a service yesterday afternoon for years ago. She was our babysitter. Her family moved into the neighborhood. We had moved into our first house years ago. Her and her older brother riding bikes and I met them as they were riding bikes and, uh, you know, I love kids. I love not just my own kids. I just love kids. And so we got to know them and uh, develop a relationship, especially with, um, especially with Amanda, the younger of her and her brother. She became our babysitter. She babysat for us a lot. She died suddenly. She's gone. 33 years old. 33 years old. She's gone. I mean, just like that. She's gone. It was a hard service. It was a hard service for me. But Amanda made a commitment to Christ years ago. She struggled after that commitment. I shared this at the service. She struggled. And I shared that service, and it's not the first time I've shared it. Now, over 30 years of ministry, I've done a lot of services like that. Been to and officiated a lot of services like that. And there are two types of tears. There are two types of tears. And you watch people, and and you know the difference You know the difference. There's a grieving where there's a certain, sure hope. Not a, I hope I see them again. I miss them, but I know I'm going to see them again. And then there are tears of either absolute anguish and you're like, I'm never going to see them again or I don't know if I'm going to see them again. And And that's, we shouldn't be like that. If I beat you there, and I'm not planning on it, I hope some of you will grieve. I hope my wife will grieve a little. (laughs) But you don't grieve like, oh, I'm never going to see him again, unless you don't want to see me again. Then you got to go to the other place, because I'm going to be with Jesus. I mean, what a great hope. I got to move on, but I'm I'm, kind of stuck on this one for a moment. How we respond to death we grieve, but as believers, when, when another believer goes home, we don't grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We grieve with a certain assurance 
that one day there's going to be a kind of family reunion unlike any you've ever been to. <laughs> oh, man, what a reunion that's going to be. I mean, all these people, we know where they are. Can you say thanks just out loud to the Lord? Just thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, that's two verses. You're going to love this next section, verse 3. Do not eat any detestable thing. These are the animals you may eat. Now, see how you're doing here, all right? Now, don't, don't get loud and don't make a, make a scene, all right? But see how you're doing. These are the animals you may eat. The ox, the sheep, the goat, the deer, the gazelle, the roe deer, the wild goat, the ibex, the antelope, and the mountain sheep. You may eat any animal that has a split hoof divided in two and that chews the cud. However, of those that chew the cud or that have a split hoof completely divided, you may not eat the camel. If you've had camel recently. <laughs> the rabbit or the coney. Although they chew the cud, they do not have a split hoof. They are ceremonially unclean for you. Now, now, now you want to note ceremonially. We'll come back to that. The pig is also unclean. No bacon. No pork chops. Although it has a split hoof, it does not chew the cud. You are not to eat their meat or touch their carcasses. Of all the creatures living in the water, you may eat any that has fins and scales. But anything that does not have fins and scales, you may not eat. For you, it is unclean. There goes the lobster. Sorry, Jim. You may eat any clean bird, but these you may not eat. The eagle, let me tell you, you eat, you eat an eagle in America and you get found out, you're in big trouble. The vulture, the black vulture, the red kite, the black kite, any kind of falcon, any kind of raven, the horned owl, the screech owl, the gull, any kind of hawk, the little owl, the great owl, the white owl, the desert owl, the osprey, the cormorant, the stork, any kind of heron, the hoopoe, I don't even know what that is. Uh, and the bat. Now, I, I really have no problem with the next section. All flying insects that swarm are unclean to you. That's an easy one to stay away from. Do not eat them. But any winged creature that is clean, you may eat. Uh, last verse. Do not eat anything you find already dead. You may give it to an alien living in any of your towns. He may eat it, uh, or you may sell it to a foreigner. But you are a people wholly to the Lord your God. Now stop there for just a minute. This is, I hope everybody knows, these are the kosher dietary laws from the law of Moses. Kosher dietary laws would make them ceremonially unclean. That's important to note, ceremonially unclean. Please understand, this diet did not make them more spiritual. There is evidence and there's argument that this diet may be healthier in some ways, but there's always an exception to that. I know people that have eaten bacon and, uh, you know, my grandmother and mother, yeah, used lard for everything growing up. I mean, and I, everything I ate growing up was in lard, cooked in lard. My grandmother ate, ate things that, you know, that should, would have killed some people, but she lived a full life. 
So there's exception to that. The point is this though. It did not, this diet make them more spiritual. It marked them as special. Leave the text for a minute. For some of us, this is not new, but the Lord impressed my spirit. Somebody here needs to hear this section that I'm getting into, and uh, we may not get any further than this, and that's okay. New Testament, Mark's Gospel, chapter 7. We're coming back to Deuteronomy, but Mark chapter 7. You talk about blowing people's minds. What I read in the opening of Jesus, you know, and what he, what he shared, and he got some attention, and he offended some people, but he really offended some people here, Mark chapter 7. Because <clears throat> they're, I mean, they were serious, and they should have been about these dietary laws. I mean, they weren't optional. It was a law. It's the law of God under the law of Moses, if you were Jewish. Mark chapter 7, verse 14, Jesus called the crowd to him, and the crowd comes. He says, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it's what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. And after he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing, don't you love it when he said, don't, aren't you so, you're so dull to the disciples? Yes, we are. Don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach and then out of his body. Now, get this parenthesis. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. You imagine you grew up a Jew You're in a Jewish culture here. This is a Jew talking, Jesus. And all you've known is the law of Moses and the dietary laws they were really strict about. And now he declares, if you want bacon, fine. You want the lobster, fine. You want pork chops, fine. Not going to make you any less spiritual. Now, you can argue yourself and you can reason whether it's less healthy to do that. That's up to you. That's a personal choice. But it doesn't make you more or less spiritual. Jesus said it. It's reiterated. You can write down Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. Because the cross, he he did away with all the law and the regulations of the law. And then after that, Colossians chapter 2, same verses, verses 13 to 17. He says, so don't let anybody judge you. Determine your spirituality by what you eat or drink. Or in regard to a religious celebration, new moon, Sabbath day. All those things were shadows shadows. The reality is found in Christ. And then if you want to get, again, one more very clear scripture in the New Testament, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, I'll read it. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry, and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving because it's consecrated by the word of God in prayer. So I can pray over the bacon, I can eat it with a clear conscience. Unless I think, well, that's not the healthiest thing to eat, and that's my personal choice. But it has nothing to do with making me more spiritual or less spiritual. So back to Deuteronomy. We're not going to read anymore right now, but let's think about this. And, and you go, well, why do we even study this? Why are you even teaching on it tonight? If it's no longer uh, for today and the, the law is now done away with in Christ because of the cross, why are we even taking this time? Because there are lessons here. 
even though we're not under the Jewish dietary laws of the law of Moses, and I say, thank God for that, but there are lessons here. We know it wasn't to make them more spiritual. So why? Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this. When this was first written, and it was delivered to the Jewish people through Moses, they came out of Egypt. They were slaves for over 400 years. They ate the foods of Egypt. They didn't have Jewish dietary laws. I don't know if we've ever thought about that. We need to think about it because this is, this is something now because they have been delivered, because they have been redeemed, because they have been brought from Egypt, the world, and now they are in our opening verses of all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. And one of the things that he does to teach them is he gives them a new diet, a new diet. Now that I brought you out of Egypt, I don't want you to have the same diet that you had in the world. I have dietary laws for you. I got a new diet for you. And there are spiritual lessons in this physical diet that we are not bound to physically, but we learn from spiritually. What do we learn? I should have kept you in the New Testament. Galatians chapter five. I'm just going to read this section. You're welcome to look at it. Galatians chapter five, verse 16 So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires, appetites, cravings, could be, of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. Then in verse 19, he begins to list the acts of the sinful nature. They're obvious. The first listed is sexual immorality impurity, debauchery, idolatry, et cetera, et cetera. Live by the Spirit, you won't gratify the desires, the appetites, the cravings of the sinful nature. I'll read you one more verse. Philippians chapter four and verse eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, there are a lot of scriptures on us meditating on things that are right and good and holy. And let me put it as simply as I know how. And it's not new to most of us, but somebody needs to hear this in a fresh way. As a Christian, I'm to feed my mind things that are pure and holy, and I'm to say no to the appetite of the flesh. That's the foundation. That's the core of the Christian life. Feed my mind with things that are right and pure and holy and say no to the appetites of my flesh. Now, I want to add an item that's not in our text in Deuteronomy, but I would like to add it because it applies. Part of their new diet, especially during the 40 years on the way to the promised land. It was called manna. Manna. It means what is it? First time it came down from heaven, it was food from heaven. They looked at it, they said, Mana, what is it? 
We're so glad you joined us today on The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you want to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. You're also invited to join our Bible reading plan. Just look under the resources tab on our website for more information. This is a great way to dive into the Word. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of this program? You never know how someone might be impacted by hearing about God and His Word over the radio. So please pray that anyone listening today would be open to hearing the gospel message. We ask that you pray for soft hearts and receptive minds to the grace that Jesus offers to everyone. Please pray also for us, that we'd continue seeking God's will for this program, and that we'd have the courage to follow Him wherever He leads. As you pray, please let us know if God would lead you to support The Living Word financially. If you'd like to give any amount to this ministry, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the Give tab. Thanks for praying with and for us. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. We appreciate you tuning in. Pastor Danny will share more next time right here on The Living Word.